Hello and welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, joined by my co-host, Mike. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing great as well. I am looking forward to having a conversation today about how to overcome a victim mentality. Yeah, we should probably do a real brief introduction to this topic and what inspired it because maybe it sounds a little bit negative if you just look at the title. But as we were recording the last episode on The Crucible, and we talked about how our greatest challenges can be the defining moments in our life and can actually be a springboard, which causes us to upgrade and walk into our destiny. Uh, this seemed like a very complimentary topic to that, kind of like a bookend sort of a thing, because when you're faced with those moments of challenge, you've got a couple different options in front of you. You can, like we talked about in the last episode, embrace it and grow through it. But the other option, which is the one we want to unpack here today, and I think this is sadly becoming the default for a lot of people, is to just say, well, this isn't fair and embrace what is known as a victim mentality where somebody did something, circumstances conspired against me, it's unfair, it's not my fault, and I just wish things were different, but I feel powerless to do anything about them. A victim mentality sounds pretty severe, like, oh, well, I haven't had that bad of a life. I don't think I have that. But when we walk through the definition and some of the warning signs of a victim mentality, we could all answer yes. We have in some area or have at some time been mainly had a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. If we were to define it, it's simply a mindset that bad things will just keep on happening and it's someone else's fault, not my own. <laughs> Yep. And why would I try? Because any effort I make will only fail. And it's easy to have that mindset, especially right now, probably when we are about a year into the quarantines. Oh, <laughs> gross. We had guest ministry this morning virtually from Germany, and they mentioned that they've been on lockdown for the last couple of months. And at this point, it kind of feels like, is this ever going to end? Yeah. And no one did anything to land themselves in this spot where I have to do everything from home. I can't leave my house, whatever. So yeah. this is like the prime time to have a victim mentality, I feel. Yeah. It, and to lose all motivation or momentum on some project or some dream you had. I definitely can see myself at different times of a, over the last year falling into that and having to snap out of it going, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I need to keep building. I need to keep reading, keep creating. So I wanted to go through some warning signs of a victim mentality. And if we're honest with ourselves, we can all say yes, that we have, we can agree that we have done these things. Mm -hmm. The first would be blaming others and not taking any personal responsibility this is um, really powerful because, you know, we can take all sorts of standardized tests and find out someone's intelligence level, right? But what's much more powerful is their emotional intelligence and taking personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. So if we're stuck in blaming others for everything that happens, that's a big red flag. Yep. And this is the thing that it feels counterintuitive, but when you take responsibility... It's actually very freeing. Yeah. So you think, well, I'm taking responsibility. So now I have more responsibilities. I have less freedom. 
But actually, when you take responsibility, what you are saying is, I agree that I have ownership of this situation, and I have the ability and the power within me to make positive change. So then you don't feel completely helpless, even if the situation that you find yourself in, the contributing factors, were not initiated by you. Taking responsibility is actually one of the most freeing things you can do because it means that you are, when you say that you are part of the problem, that also means that you are the solution. Yeah, and blaming others, we can't control other people's behavior or how they think, but we can control our own behavior and our own thoughts. So it's actually good news when we take personal responsibility because we can actually do something about it, which is what you were just saying. Yes. So let's make this real here. Uh, we we don't always get along. Shock. <laughs> Shock and <enough. laughs> Oh, boy. Uh I don't know. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this, but we have disagreements just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, whenever we have a disagreement, I'll just speak for myself. It's easy for me to project blame on Rachel and say, well, (laughs) you did this and you know that this bugs me. You therefore you did it intentionally and I'm going to be frustrated and upset. Until you realize the error of your ways <laughs> and come and apologize and we restore things. That doesn't ever fix it. When things, <laughs> when things get better, usually is when I, I, that's always my initial uh, carnal reaction. Okay. <laughs> but it, sometimes it takes me longer than others. But eventually, usually, I get to the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to apologize for my part in this, even if I don't feel like it is very major. And that's when things get back to alignment, is when I take responsibility for the the friction and the tension that is there, and then uh, I bring the, the solution and the reconciliation happens, and things are better after that. Uh, I think this is a trap that people fall into, though. It's like, well, I didn't do anything wrong, so I'll just wait until they realize what happened, and then they can fix it. But then how many days, weeks, sometimes months go by? Unfortunately, I don't think we've had any that have lasted more than a day or two. No. Because we recognize that this this is not the way things are supposed to be, and we fix it. But I think that if you're not careful, you could just let this stuff oh, yeah. brew and then pretty soon, you know, you've drifted so far apart that now there's, there's really, uh, there's a rift and there's a, there's a distance between you where there shouldn't yeah. be. And it takes a lot more work to get it back. Yep. And your kids can tell that. Yes. Oh yeah. There's no unity. So there's no peace in the home. It's like you kick the cat. The kids are, are mad. It affects everyone. If one of <laughs> us does. is off, one of us is scrabby, they can tell when, you know, mom and dad aren't getting along, things aren't flowing. And they respond to that different ways. Some of them will act out. Yeah. Some of them will try to bring the peace, which yeah. is completely unfair to them. That's because, not their job. No, that's a burden they should they should not have no. to, to bear. They're little. They need to be kids. Yep. They don't. We don't need to make them grow up faster than they're supposed to. Right. But we do want to teach them how to overcome this victim mentality. I mean, that's really the inspiration for this episode is not just to talk about a victim mentality. And yeah, it's great if the adults listening to this 
recognize yeah. that and fix it. But you want to foster this in your yes. kids yeah. because there's lots of stuff, especially in the U.S. education system, I would argue, that's going to tell them, oh, it's not your fault. Everyone and gets a participation <laughs> medal. <laughs> we want to teach them that they are in control of their own destiny yeah, and not to rely on somebody else to tell them, hey, you did a good job. Yep. Some other signs are excuses for failure and misbehavior that you just, it's easy to just fall back on excuses for any time you fail instead of just saying, yep, I did it. I'll fix it for next time. You know, it's much easier on ourselves and whatever relationship or work related thing or whatever it may be that involves to just admit to the failure and move on because we can actually grow greatly from failure. Failure isn't an end all. But unfortunately, it's failure that causes oftentimes a victim mentality or is at least a fruit of having that mindset. Yep. Um, Another big one is a lack of accountability, meaning you don't have people in your corner that can really back you and really inspire you to do better. Yeah, this is one of the big things that my dad taught me uh, is that you are responsible for delivering on the promises that you make. Mm -hmm. I take that to an extreme and to my own hurt a lot of times, but he taught me like, if you give your word, you're going to do, you're going to follow through and you're going to to keep it. And if you don't, there's going to be consequences for it. Uh, Just like there's consequences in the real world and business. If you don't deliver on a contract by the time that it's due, you're not going to get paid. You know, so this lack of accountability, I kind of think this is a, this can be expressed a couple different ways. Number one, it could be you don't have anybody who is helping you take the responsibility that you need to for the for the uh, circumstances no that are happening. No one calling you out. Yeah, exactly. On the opposite end of that is um, of someone who is calling you out on that stuff is somebody who's enabling you mm. and saying it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's okay. It's yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to be careful here because there are some some things like kids who grow up in a home where they were abused, for example, um, that is not their fault. But when it comes to the day-to-day, the, the circumstances in your life and whether you are seeing constant progress, it's not good to stay there. Uh, yeah. it's, it's much more enriching to say, well whether this is my fault or not, you know, I'm going to take responsibility for it and move forward. Yeah. But the accountability, that can be just intrinsically too. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, my dad developed this in me and I have inner accountability. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but maybe not everybody, you know, has that and then you need a little bit of, little bit of help. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have that strong inner drive to follow through on what you commit to, then yeah, have someone in your in your life that can really help you in that way. And as you do it, the more wins you have in following through, the more you become that person. Mm -hmm. Another big sign is feeling powerless. So you try, you fail, it doesn't turn out how you want, and you just feel powerless to actually succeed. Yeah, this is a big one. And it's dangerous because when you feel powerless, you feel like, what's the point of even trying? Yeah, this can be a really dangerous spiral. Yeah, but on the other end of that is the thought, the belief that 
I can do anything. And that's good, but you're probably not going to just succeed in everything you try to do. It has to be tempered. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yes, you have the ability to figure things out and eventually do, do anything, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be easy and a victim mentality would kind of fall into like the fixed mindset here. Going back to the episode on the growth mindset, I don't want to drift too far into that territory, but the fixed mindset would be like, well, I'm not very good at this. I'm just going to avoid it. The yeah. problem here is that if you just keep avoiding things that you're not naturally gifted at, pretty soon you feel powerless and you don't feel like you're good at anything. Yeah, it's very true. So not seeking help um, or getting ideas how to change or improve, that's another red flag. So in feeling powerless, you're, you, don't have no, you don't have any motivation to actually figure out what will fix it or what will help you improve. This also leads into self-hate and self-sabotage. It's like a, they all are intertwined and having negative self-talk. I know I have had to deal with that severely with myself, where on the outside, I could seem like a really positive person, but I'm very negative about myself. <laughs> and I'm, I'd imagine that most people are naturally negative towards themselves or hard on themselves. I think some more than others. And I am definitely one where I do really talk mean to myself. I would never say any of this to anyone else ever. So the way I talk to myself in my head, if I mess up, I beat myself up about it. Yeah. But if someone in my life messes up, my husband, my children, whoever else, friend, I don't beat them up about it. I give them the benefit of the doubt. You are frustratingly nice about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another thing's coming out right now live. <laughs> oh. No, it's, it's true, though. Uh, so... <laughs> marriage counseling with Mike and Rachel. Uh, one of the things that causes things to take longer for us to fix than they need to sometimes is the fact that you won't say anything negative. And so when I ask you, like, what's wrong? It's like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, well, I know it's not fine, but I kind of don't know where to go from here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I naturally hate conflict. So that's something I have to do consciously work against. And I do need to say stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, one of yep. the, maybe we'll teach on this at some point, but one of the roles of the wife is to be the watchman on the wall. Mm. Yep. So we have, and actually even naturally, women's eyesight is, we have more peripheral vision and we are designed by God in a marriage to be able to see things. And men tend to be a little bit more narrow and focused and short-sighted in the sense of I'm working on this thing right now and I can't see past it because I need to finish this thing. We go kill something, drag it home and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the wife is like kind of seeing everything, like they're seeing what's happening with Johnny over here and with little Susie over here and the husband needs this. And then, okay, you know, we just can do all of that and see mm -hmm. all of that all simultaneously. I can't explain how it works, but it does. And so it, in that, it's there's just so much that we are designed to do, and I've had to realize that. I see stuff for a reason, and I do see stuff, but I've had to learn to speak up about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to speak up about it. You have to 
talk about it, figure out how to fix it. So the victim mentality aspect of this could be expressed a couple different ways. I think one way it could exist is you just pretend like everything's fine. Yeah. In which case you're supposed to be the watcher. You're supposed to be sounding the alarm when you see something. Mm -hmm. So to not talk about it, that's actually a detriment. Yes. uh, Because the other person assumes, well, they haven't brought anything to my attention, so everything must be good. But actually it's, it's not. They're just hoping that things are going to work out for the best. Yeah. The other uh, other way that this could be ex- expressed, I think, is, well, I see this this stuff and I see all the reasons why it's not fair. But everybody has something that has happened where it just comes out of left field and you're like, can I catch a break? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, when you have when you have that thought, uh, that's a red flag in in my opinion, because that's the moment that you're starting to relinquish control of your situation. You feel like you just can't do it anymore. Now, getting back to the, like the negative self-talk stuff and the self-hate, the self-sabotage, a couple other things you have listed here, which kind of go along with that, lack of self-control, anger, frustration, resentment. All this stuff is a reaction to feeling like you don't have control over the situation. And you do, but you have to learn to view it through the right lens. You have to have the right perspective. If you allow other people to make your world, they'll always make it too small. And so when someone tries to put up a fence, Mm -hmm. you got to push back against it. Yeah. (laughs) You got to say, no, that's not where the boundary is. Mm -hmm. It's actually over here. And I've got a lot more room to roam. (laughs) You have to, you have to protect that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And this leads into what do we do if there's a person in our life that has a victim mentality and maybe enlisting these things, you're like, I don't really struggle with any of those currently, but I have someone in my life that definitely I can see a bunch of these red flags. So what do we do with that? Because Mm -hmm. we will restrict our growth based on who we allow to speak into us. And we really do need to be cognizant of that and be very intentional about who we allow to speak into our life. And you said the word boundaries, which also plays into this, setting boundaries. We need to limit how much interaction we have with these people and if possible, stop seeing them altogether. Now, I know to people pleasers out there, let me speak to you. (laughs) This is like nails on a chalkboard. It's to cut them out of my life. That's so mean. Like who does that? But just step back from the emotion and the natural connection you might have with this person. If they are toxic and they are have that victim mentality and you come away feeling negative or getting sucked into their drama, yeah. why are you doing that to yourself? Yep. But maybe it's a family member or someone you can't cut out of your life. That one's tough. Boundaries still are in play. You still have the right to set boundaries in your life. And uh, I love what Proverbs 4.23 says. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And so maybe there is someone in your life that you can't actually cut off and never talk to them or see them. But what you can do is know who you are and why and guard your heart and not let what they say affect you. You can make sure that you go into your interactions with them in the right 
frame of mind. Yeah. So a couple thoughts here. Jim Rohn said... Oh, he's great. Yeah. What are the people who are speaking in your life? What effect are they having? And is that okay? Yeah. So that alone will help you mm-hmm. disconnect from some unhealthy relationships, unhealthy sources that are speaking into your life. But then there are the people who are a part of your life for better or for worse. And what do you do with them? I remember uh, a while back, I did an exercise and I listed all of the people that I have frequent interactions with. And this sounds terrible, but I rated them all. (laughs) He's not a shallow person, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) I rated them on a scale of um, basically a plus or minus. And the difference here was when I talk to this person, do they typically add life to me or do they take life from me? And that sounds a little bit harsh even, that whole term like taking life from from someone. But think of it like a battery. You know, are these people charging me up or are they draining me? Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a nicer way to say it. And there were, I rated people, uh, all the people and that I had frequent interactions with in my life from plus 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 which was you and our pastor i think that was Ooh. only only people who were so truly plus 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 then there were the the plus plus people those are the the people that i really enjoyed hanging out with and i'm not a very extroverted person so there were a handful of those one of them wait, was wait you're not a very extroverted person okay you're very introverted exactly but <laughs> toby doesn't understand that he, we were sitting at the dining room table the other night and I made a comment. I'm like, I just don't want to be around people. I don't like, I, don't, I said, I don't like people. <laughs> He's like, what? You don't like, how can you not like people? People are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyways, uh, there were a handful of people who I consider plus plus. Those are the people that just like anytime I would, yeah, I would be They're okay hanging enjoyable. out with them. Yes. One of them was your brother, Uncle C. <laughs> Uncle C, yep. So now we call him C++. Or the kids call him B- because they're like, well, C++ is actually a B-. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this was this was interesting uh, when I asked, when I, when I forced myself to, to, ha- to give a, a label, basically, to all of those different relationships. It caused me to see what was really happening in some of them. And it changed how I went into my interactions with those people. And I realized that once I changed my approach and I didn't, I didn't feel, I, I felt like if I was going to go into a relationship with somebody or into a conversation with somebody who typically is draining me, drawing from me, I know that going in, I'm going to be kind of on my guard and I'm not going to just be like, oh yeah, you can do that and I'll do this and whatever. Cause I usually walk away from that resenting the fact that I got roped into something I don't really want to do. And uh, so I, I I can steer the conversation in the direction I want it to go simply by recognizing that if I don't, it's going to have a, a result that I'm probably not going to like. So your expectation completely changes how these interactions affect you. Yeah. I mean, basically, it's your expectations going into it. And if you, the outcome is in alignment with the expectations, then you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. And when I started to get upset, it was because I felt like other people were writing checks that I had to cash. <laughs> yeah. And I resented that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It actually reminds me of my sister who's a hairstylist. And it's funny because her job is extremely draining because, it. well, if you've ever sat in a chair getting your hair done, you tend to relax and a lot of people open up and are super chatty <laughs> about anything in their life to the hairstylist. And for my sister, on her end of it, she goes, it's super draining because it's almost like people are just are divulging their hearts and all this information. And I'm like, what am I supposed to say? It's like, they almost want me to counsel them without them realizing it. But just because people's guards are down and they're talking and it just makes me think of that. So basically at her job, her battery is getting drained, not because of the physical work, but Mm -hmm. because of like the emotional relational work that's happening. And people keep talking, talking and kind of drawing on her to give some solution. Yes. And she's she's like, I just signed up to cut your hair and color your hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we all have these different tanks, and we have to keep them full. Mm-hmm. You have an emotional tank, you have a spiritual tank, you have a physical tank. I mean, you can slice this a lot of different ways, but recognizing that when I am around certain types of people, this tank is being depleted, that's valuable because, and you get back to the main topic here, being a victim mentality, uh, overcoming a victim mentality, uh, we don't just try to endure that stuff. We don't just say, well, these people are in my life. It's my sibling or it's my parent who is that quote-unquote toxic relationship in my life where they feel like I'm being drained all the time. You know, a lot of times uh, a victim mentality is simply you just continue to do things the way you've always done them and hope for a different result. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Yep. yep. (laughs) But the truth is you have the ability, especially as you grow older, you become an adult. And if it's a parent, for example, you have the, the right at some point to steer that relationship in a different direction and be like, you know, I have a, a vote in how this this plays out. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, a lot of people who just continue to do that sort of stuff, they, they don't even realize that they're they're doing it. So they're waiting for you to say something too, yeah. for you to take ownership of your situation mm-hmm. and make it better. Yeah. But if you just sit there and hope that, eventually it's going to change, you know, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to have to do something. Yeah. We believe that prayer does change things, but our pastors have taught us the most effective answer to prayer is the one you're willing to be yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you're willing to to put feet to it, put action Mm -hmm. to it. Yep. Yep. You can't steer a parked car. (laughs) Yeah. You got to have some momentum. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And rec- okay, so if you can look at a, take a hard look at your children as well and see if you can identify any of these warning signs of a victim mentality in them because if we recognize some of these things, we can do a lot to help steer them away. Like I have a child that I've had to really help overcome a lot of friction with school. He just would give up and not even try because it was hard for him. And this is a boy that last year, a year ago, was saying, I can't read when (laughs) I would sit down to do his schoolwork with him. And I said, you need to stop saying that because you can read when you actually try. And he looks at me like, oh, 
And then he realized as he starts to read the pa- the pages that it's true. <laughs> yep. A year later, that boy is reading chapter books and he'll make plow through a boxcar children in a week, week and a half now. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the the big the big area from this conversation that we really want to talk about in this episode is fostering that in your kids. So the I can't read that's totally a victim mentality. Yes, it is. And the way that you're able to help your kids overcome that is you set them up for victory. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you get some wins under their belt and yep. then they recognize because you've pushed them in the proper way to do the thing that they didn't think they could do. And then they do it and then the light bulb goes on and they say, oh, I guess I'm capable of more than I thought. Mm-hmm. And you continue to help them, again, coupled with the growth mindset to figure out, you know, how do I make this thing a reality? Just because I run into a roadblock doesn't mean that I give up and I go look for something completely different. Yeah. But I figure out a way around the obstacle. It's almost like the obstacle is the way. (laughs) That sounds like a book title. It is. It's uh, by Ryan Holiday. It's really good. It's on my bookshelf right there. But uh, I guess the big thing there is that like you encounter this big boulder in the middle of your path. You don't just turn around and go the other way. You Mm -hmm. figure out a way around it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Another thing I want to touch on, because this is something recent that I've been um, facing with some of my children too, is... They have come, two of them in the last week have come to me and said, Mom, when I said I was doing this, I was actually doing this. Mm. Can you please forgive me? So, of course, I said, yes, I forgive you. And then we talk about it to make sure I fully understand what's going on so I can help them. And I talk them through, like, what's the solution and what is your what's the discipline that's going to happen here? Because you need to feel the repercussions of this. But also in that process, the trust is built. Mm -hmm. And I definitely make a huge point in praising their honesty. Because that takes a lot of courage to willingly... I didn't find out that they did something they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. They came to me and... If if we had the victim mentality going on in that situation, then I would be way harder on them than I needed to be. And they wouldn't want to tell me anything again. And they would beat themselves up about it. Yeah. And, you know, there's another angle to this. I think if they had not come and shared that they did something wrong, they just continued to hide. Yes. That eventually will manifest as a victim mentality. Yep. I mean, you think about the story of Adam and Eve in the mm-hmm. Garden of Eden, right? They're hiding from God, and then... He knows where they are. He knows where they are. <laughs> he knows what they've done. Yeah. And they're constantly looking for excuses. Yep. The man says, well, it's the woman that you gave me. <laughs> and the woman says, well, it was the snake who deceived me, you know? And the longer that you don't expose those things, the longer that you keep those things hidden, the more opportunity there is for those excuses. Whenever you start to accept excuses, you are giving up the power that you have over changing your situation. Yes. 
when you give up the power that you have to change your situation, you have now voluntarily signed up to be a victim. Yep. That and this is I don't know, some this might you might not understand this, I guess, but this is something I thought of because I've been studying a lot of English grammar with my kids the last few years. And the active and passive voices kind of made me think of an illustration for it. It, In the active voice, I'll give you an example of a sentence in the active voice. It's, Joe ate a cookie. Passive voice is, the cookie was eaten by Joe. (laughs) (laughs) So it made me think of it because with a victim mentality, the cookie's just laying there being eaten by Joe. It's so passive. An active voice, like, Joe's eating a cookie. Like, what kid, if you give him a cookie, like, he just wants to eat it. Right? Yeah. It's kind of silly, but... That's where my mind went. <laughs> That's interesting. It reminds me of the the story when uh, Moses goes up the mountain mm-hmm. and he gets the tablets and he comes oh, down. Yes. And all, all the Israelites are, are worshiping the, the golden calf. <laughs> what Aaron says. <laughs> He's like, well, I just threw in the gold and out came <laughs> this calf. I don't know what happened. <laughs> wow. Do you really think God and Moses are that stupid? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I didn't do anything. It just, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Think it, this. This is just what happened. You know, it's not my fault. This is just what took place, and we all have, we all have those opportunities to accept those those passive voice excuses. <laughs> like, yeah. well, I, I don't know. This this thing just just happened, and I happened to be there, but I didn't. I didn't do it. <laughs> it's just all these kids I have. <sighs> my house is never clean. It's just husband. Oh, he just doesn't get me. That's a great example because a lot of times it's those little things. Yeah, they're like stressors. Mm -hmm. And we view stress a lot of times as a negative. But um, stress is actually a lot of times an indication that you're moving in the right direction and it's resistance because that's just the way the world works. Mm -hmm. And you're going to encounter that if you're in the pursuit of anything worthwhile doing. Right. But... Uh, when all these things combine, you take the victim mentality and you say, well, it's okay. I mean, you had a rough day. You had a fight with your significant other. Your kids are misbehaving. You don't have to do that thing. You just can eat just eat the pint of ice cream. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> we don't We don't typically think of eating junk food and binging on Netflix as victim mentality, but it kind of is. <laughs> it's passive. The passive I, voice. <laughs> I deserve this yeah. because I've had such a hard day, right? And we say this because we've done it, okay? Mm-hmm. That's why we're talking like yep. this. <laughs> Social media is another big yep. one. Video games. Yep. 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 Insert your own time waster. And if you feel like you deserve it, you probably are embracing a victim mentality a little bit. And the water takes the path of least resistance. And I was Mm. thinking about about this the other day because we are, what, 70% or more water? And we take the path of least resistance. We do. Naturally. So we have to be really active, again, active, about not taking the easy path. Do what's right, not what's easy, as our pastor always says. Yep. And that's really the whole inspiration behind these last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Why, like, I knew this is super important. We got to talk about this. You encapsulated it perfectly just there. We're talking about the path of least resistance. 
nobody whoever accomplished anything great yes took the path of least resistance oh my goodness i kind of think next episode we should just talk about stories mm. of ourselves and people who did not take the easy path who terrible things happened or hard things happened and they overcame and did incredible things yeah because i have a bunch of stories i have a bunch of notes on other people and i think that'd be just super fun i got a couple in mind already all right let's do it yeah i think that'd be a super fun follow-up because i mean who doesn't love a good story true <laughs> wow so i'm gonna be looking at myself a little harder just to see if i have any victim mentality tendencies because i might in an area or two and because i want to just punch those in the face and become a victor instead Exactly. You know, we we did an episode not too long ago about greenhouses. Yes. Victim mentality is weeds in your greenhouse. Yes. Pull those weeds. Yeah. And that's something that it's continual. Mm -hmm. That self-examination and plucking that junk out because we don't want that. Yeah. I mean, that's that steals nutrients. It yeah, literally it steals life. Yeah. It chokes it out. Any of those things that are minus, 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 get rid of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or they could be thought of as thorns. Yep. 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 They choke out and nothing grows. Nothing produces. There's no fruit. Exactly. Yes. So hopefully you can identify some things that maybe you have a victim mentality in or in your family or children and make some steps to overcome that. Maybe get a little bit of fire in you again to have momentum again on that project, that dream, that vision you have for your family and take steps today to make changes in becoming who you want to be in creating the family that you want and just accomplishing and being everything that you are meant to be. Thank you for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Oh,